In the name of Jesus, amen. Our text today is from the gospel lesson just read, especially these words. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Thus far, our text. Dear friends in Christ, this morning's gospel lesson is all about temptation. We speak about that topic in our small catechism in the Lord's Prayer. We confess it this way. God tempts no one. Let me say it again. God tempts no one. But Satan, well, Satan is no God. Even though he pretends to be, he is not a God, no matter how much he pretends. He tempts people all the time, left and right. He seeks to lead you astray. He seeks to destroy your faith in the Word of God. He would have you trust in his pitiful, powerless word of lies rather than the living, active word of God. That's how sin entered the world, as we heard in our Old Testament lesson. Satan, who is no God, came to Adam and Eve in the garden and said, did God really say this? Is that really true? He's implying that even if God did say the word, you cannot eat from this tree, that of course, God didn't mean it. Satan's trying to get them to believe that when God says a word, it may or may not be true. He introduces doubt. Doubt in God and His Word immediately entered into the minds of Adam and Eve just like it does for you. Did God really say that He's the only God? Did God really say that you are sinful? Did God really say that the wages of sin is death? Did God really say He created the whole world in six days and rested on the seventh? Did God really say anything? Or can we just explain everything away with reason and logic and science? That's the way that Satan, who is no God, tempts you. You see, he wants you to abandon God and worship him. He scars your conscience so that it doesn't call a thing what it is any longer. He wants you to turn from the Almighty God to Him 
a created, fallen, pitiful being. Satan tempts you just like he tempted Adam and Eve. And so Satan shows you that he is no God because the true God tempts no one. This sinful world is also after you. It pressures you to fit in with the groupthink that is rampant across our land. The world wants you to be woke. The world wants you to join political parties and to believe their lies because they're the same lies that you want to be true. And besides, if your political party wins the election, you'll have power over those who lost the election. You'll be able to say for four years, you voted the wrong way. And that will feel pretty good, won't it? But is that feeling good godly? The world wants you to love your wealth, your home, your car, and even your family more than you love the one true God who created all of these things, who keeps them in existence by the power of his holy word. And so Satan, who is no God, says, if you have more, your life will be better. The world says it's important for you to appear important to other people. Not low, not hungry, not weak. Satan, who is no God, says, if you want respect, you need to project authority, an image, a picture of who you want to be. You must dress for success, cover up your imperfections, hide your gray hairs with dye, cover your face with makeup. The world wants everyone to be leaders, to sit at the head of a group, to be seen by all, and adored by them. And so Satan, who is no God, uses the world to tempt your faith. The world tempts you to turn your back on the true God to hate those whom God has given to you as a neighbor, to gossip and take vengeance against them. But in reality, the world is really just a stooge of Satan, who is no God. 
The world wants nothing more than for you to be angry and impatient and fall away from your faith. But God, the true God, tempts no one. And now, dear Christians, it's time for us to get really personal. Do not think that all this temptation business is from outside of yourself, that it's all external. Hear this true last thing that God, the true God's word, teaches us. Your own sinful nature is always tempting you as well. We dwell in the flesh. We carry our old Adam about our necks. He exerts himself and encourages us daily to unchastity, laziness, gluttonous, drunkenness, greed, deception, and fraud. If you want to be someone in the world, you have to take it away from the others. Overcharge your neighbor. Put them down in their place. And what I'm saying is that sometimes that idea comes from in here, within ourselves. In short, the old Adam encourages us to have all kinds of evil lusts which cling to us by nature. These lusts which you have and I have, don't we? These lusts tempt us all the time to ignore God. Give in to your real identity. If you think you're the opposite gender, then be the opposite gender. If you think you're better than others, then be better than others. And let them know what you think. Do you know who's behind this? Satan who is no God. And so your own sinful nature tempts you to make yourself God, to forsake the real God, to forsake the fake imitation of Satan, and even to forsake the world so long as you are happy. Your sinful nature is like Frodo on Mount Doom, who claims the ring for himself rather than allow it to be destroyed. Your flesh tempts you to leave behind the faith. And Satan, who is no God, is behind it. But God... The real God tempts no one. 
No, God is not the source of temptation. He cannot be, for he is good. Just as his creation was good before we mucked it all up with sin. It's our fault that so many terrible things face us. It's our fault that there's temptation of such terrible kinds in our world. It's our fault that we give in to that temptation all the time in many ways. Satan, who is no God, tempts us all the time. But God, the real God, overcomes temptation by the cross, by his Son, by Jesus. Yes, Jesus. He is the one person who's never given in to temptation. It's not that he didn't face it. He did. We heard about it in our gospel lesson. Satan tempted him directly, right to his face, in a way more serious than we can understand. But God's Son, Jesus, did not fall. He did not fail. He had no sinful nature to give into. He did not love the world more than he loved his Father. He did not listen to the lies and deception of Satan. Jesus always sought to serve in love towards his Father and towards his neighbors, even you. Jesus, who is the true God, who tempts no one, if we were to compare him to Satan, who is no God, Satan would appear weak and pitiful compared. Satan misquotes God's word, but that cannot stop Jesus, who is the word made flesh. Satan's pitiful tempting cannot overpower the Son of the living God who has descended from heaven. Worldly hunger cannot even cause him to entertain turning his back on God. Jesus doesn't care how the world sees him, if he's rich or powerful or influential. His concern is doing his Father's will. Not my will, but yours be done, Father. And what is God's will? To save you from temptation.
save you from the false god of the devil, the world, and your sinful nature. And that's why Jesus goes to the cross. That's why he's pierced with nails. That's why he's mocked, mistreated. So that the devil, the world, and the sinful natures of man could throw everything they have at him. And he still would come out victorious. We are headed to the cross this Lenten season. To the cross of Christ most glorious. Christ goes against the temptation of the devil, the world, and our sinful natures. He ignores our pleas for bloodless salvation. He ignores the devil's promise of crossless worldly kingdom. He ignores the taunting, the mocking, and he sets his face to Golgotha. Even as he hangs there, suffering hell, bleeding and dying, he ignores the temptation of those present. If you are the Son of God, save yourself. But he will not. He won't come down. He'll win your salvation. He'll take your place. He'll die. He'll raise from the dead. And it's all for you. For your forgiveness. Now you're free. Now, because of Christ's cross, the devil, the world, and your sinful nature no longer have sway over you. You belong to none of them, but instead to Jesus. He purchased you and won you with his own precious blood and suffering and death. You've been baptized into his holy name. He's marked you on your forehead and on your heart as belonging to his forgiveness. You are saved by Jesus. If you try to help yourself by your own thoughts and counsels, You'll only make room for the temptation of Satan, who is no God. But Christ, who is the true God, is the place where you overcome temptation. And Christ is present here for you in his word in his sacraments. Christ, who is the true God, has won victory over the devil, the world, and our sinful natures. He has overcome the temptation that you could not. He has defeated those who had defeated you. He is the answer in this world. And so, as we continue through the season of Lent, and really, as we continue through our entire lives, we'll continue to pray.
Lead us not into temptation. Until that final day, when we are delivered forever from the devil, the world, and our sinful natures. Jesus is the God who saves. In his name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.